Are you struggling to be authentic in your relationships and not really sure who you actually are? Well, pay attention to this episode where I'll be sharing two very helpful tips on how to get back into being you right now, right after this intro. Hi, I'm Gloria Zhang, and after 10 years of struggling in toxic relationships, I attracted the love of my life by healing my inner child. This podcast is your weekly dose of my expertise as a therapist and dating relationship coach for high achievers. Learn tips to overcome low self-worth, emotional baggage, and childhood trauma so that you too can step into your power and attract the love you desire. Welcome to the Inner Child Podcast. Welcome back to the Inner Child Podcast. My name is Gloria Zhang and I help high achievers heal their toxic relationships and attract the healthy, secure love of their dreams. And guess what, besties? I am back. I'm back. Does a little dance in her seat, drinking a big cup of tea. So I was on hiatus for a couple of weeks, as I told you all in the last episode. And I can't even put into words how helpful that was for me on so many levels. So do any of you have this experience of when you're trying to think of that word and it's just on the tip of your tongue, but it's not quite coming out? Well, I had been experiencing that for a couple of months recently. I wasn't really sure what it was. But as of a few weeks ago, I started this holistic medicine treatment for gut health. And Like it has just completely cleared that brain fog a hundred percent. I feel sharper. I feel like words are coming to me easier. And it was a big eye-opening experience to realize that this was actually connected to my gut health. It wasn't all in my head. So it was a good reminder that mental health and physical health are oftentimes very much related. I spent some great quality time with Andrew and we really reconnected celebrated his birthday and it was really nice to take some time away. And when I was alone doing some of my own self-reflective work, I also learned something else about myself. And it's that there are still some things about me that I want to be more authentic about. And I do also want to be more authentic about on this podcast as well. You know, I've been doing this for several months now, and I'm also learning about how I want to show up here. I started off never having done a podcast before. And, you know, the idea of authenticity, that's something I struggled with for my entire life. It haunted me up to my 20s. And as you know, I'm now in my 30s. And I thought that this would be a very good topic to share some tips on how to actually become more authentic if you don't actually know who you are. So to give you a bit of background about this, obviously, as an Asian Canadian person, I have been asked by several listeners to share my Asian Canadian story. And I've kind of been hesitating to share it. And it's because my story is not really a generic story. I know that a lot of Asian Canadians or Asian Americans want me to be a sort of role model. And the typical story is, you know, you grow up here, you experience a lot of racism, and then you overcome it. But because I had such a different upbringing, my story was not like that at all. And I'm going to tie this in with authenticity, because, you know, I didn't even 
think of myself as Asian because I didn't even feel human growing up as a kid. All of that attachment, abandoned stuff that traumatized me from as early as nine months old. That's how early my stuff started. And as a child, I saw myself as a soul. I have a pretty big age gap between me and my younger sister. So for a long time, I spent a lot of my time alone and I didn't have any friends at school and I was mute in first grade. So I really didn't interact with a lot of people. And I think for that reason, I didn't have racial experiences. But I saw myself as a spirit walking around in a human bag body. And that's how I saw things at a very young age. Now, on the outside, if you saw me as a kid, you would see that I was so lonely. I so desperately wanted to connect with people, anyone. But on the inside, I always felt like I was an observer. Almost like I was looking in on the world and observing and studying other people, studying their facial expressions, how they were interacting, and feeling like it was just so foreign to me. I remember when I was in maybe grade three or four, I was watching a group of girls at recess playing with their beanie babies, if you guys remember what those toys were. And I wanted to join in, right? There was that part of me that longed for that connection, but it felt like I was just watching their interaction from above. Like no matter what I said or did, I felt so disconnected, so separate from them. And I didn't know who I was in relation to other people. And if you know part of my history, that's where a lot of the people pleasing started for me. So if you're all interested, I will share my Asian Canadian story with you one day in the future, but I don't really feel like I'm totally ready for it yet because I know it's very different from what some other people experience. So the other part of this authenticity story is because I always saw myself as a soul and I always had this dissociative bird's eye point of view of looking at things, I had always been a very spiritual person ever since I was like five years old. My mom used to tell me all the time that even when I was six or seven years old, I would tell her all these stories about what happens to us after we die. And I had all these conversations about souls with her from a very young age. And so that's always been a huge part of me. And it wasn't until recently that I realized that maybe I don't have to separate this part of myself from my work as well. As you know, with psychology and psychotherapy, it's a very science-based field that I come from, right? So when I help people through their traumas, you know, I'm not just helping them out of my own experience. It's from a lot of research around how we treat trauma and help people find lasting relationships, which is also based on science. But I'm at the point now where I'm not so convinced that I can separate spirituality with all of this inner healing. So before I lose some of you, <laughs> let me first clarify what I actually mean by the word spirituality. So for some people, yes, it may be religion, but my definition of spirituality is that life is more than just survival. That's it. Life is more than just surviving and breathing and reproducing and going to work and then coming home at five o'clock. Life is more than just eating and pooping and using the bathroom and rinse and repeat. 
But to me, spirituality means that we understand deeply our connection with everything. Our connection with other people, with nature, with the earth, with the entire universe. You know, we are made of stardust, right? That's a proven fact that all of the molecules in our body at one point were part of these gigantic bodies in the galaxy, which were stars. And no matter how you want to tease it apart, as humans, we are still social collective creatures, meaning that even in our DNA and in our biology, we are hardwired to be connected with things and people around us. And it's so beautiful. Right? And if you think about inner child healing, our core wounds comes from separation. Our core wounds come from the disruption of connection or the lack of true connection and the feelings of loneliness and isolation. That's what brings on the pain. That's what brings on the trauma. And so that's why I've come to the conclusion that everyone has their version of spirituality or connectedness. That is like medicine for that deep feeling of aloneness that I'm sure all of us feel, everyone who's tuning into this podcast. And the opposite of spirituality is survival. And that's what trauma is. Trauma is when our bodies are responding to the pain by rewiring our systems to survive, right? And when you're surviving then it really is about life or death. It really is about looking out for dangers. It really is about looking for what's wrong. It really is about shutting off your heart. It really is about pushing away connections because that's where the source of the pain has been. And it disconnects us from who we really are as people and not just as people, but as self-aware conscious beings that are living this life. Right? Like, isn't it remarkable to think that we are conscious of our own existence, that we have these choices available to us and that we can think? It's really quite wild if you think about it, right? And of course, without getting in touch with our inner child, which is the version of you, the inner child is the authentic version of you before the trauma, before the social conditioning, before all of the rules from society of who and what you should be, right? We're trying to unpack and unwind all of that to get you back to being who you are. So that was a very long-winded introduction. But if that also excites you and you feel like, yes, there is a nugget of truth in that, then I'm going to share with you two of my top tips on how to become more authentic in being who you actually are and also figuring out who you actually are. So my tip number one is to really figure out what identities are you trying to play? Now, identities are sort of like masks or personas that we put on. So let's say around certain friends, you act a certain way. At work, you act a certain way. With your partner, you act a certain way. Now, obviously, realistically, we can't always be exactly the same in each situation because work has consequences, relationships, you have to consider the other person as well. But the goal is to get all of these versions of you as close to being the same as possible. 
So, for example, if you find that when you're by yourself, you have no problem laughing and joking and saying things out loud, but when you're around other people, you notice that you change. You turn into this quiet, passive, or a people-pleasing person, and all of a sudden, it's very hard to think of things to say, or you find it's hard to assert yourself. Then you might wonder to yourself, what sort of identity am I wearing in this situation? And what does this speak to my sense of safety in relationships? So I was exactly that, where I felt very muted in conversations with other people, like I described at the beginning, right? Where I always felt like I was the observer, and that to me had a lot to do with my upbringing, feeling unsafe in my home, and not being allowed to express myself. To my family growing up, right, and so I learned that it wasn't safe, or that bad things would happen if I truly said what was on my mind, and so I developed an identity, right? I developed this identity of being this quiet, you know, get along person in order to survive, and that's where some of this inauthenticity came from, right? Because I wasn't really being myself; I was being this dumbed down. Muted, censored version of myself, and the worst part is that nobody realizes it except for you. Because my teachers were always praising me. They said, "What a good, quiet, perfect student I was!" Because I didn't say anything and I never gave them troubles. But on the inside, right, I was in conflict with myself. And that brings me to tip number two, which is to ask yourself. Are you doing this thing because you want to do it, or are you doing it to look good for somebody else? So I admit this part is really hard to figure out by yourself because if for your entire life everything you do has been for the sake of somebody else, then you might have no idea what it is that you really want to do, and that's partially why you know I built an entire program around this. It's in my high achievers program, where the method that we're using to help people break toxic relationship cycles is through inner child healing, and that's really understanding at the core who your authentic self really is. So to go back to the tip, if you are going way over and beyond at your workplace, you know, giving everyone. Blueberry muffins and over praising people and saying, "Yeah, sure, I can take on one more task," and putting things on your plate. Are you really doing that because you genuinely want to take on all this work, and you know you want to give all this affection to everybody, or are you doing it because you feel like this is what they expect of you? That they will only like you if you are this grandiose, giving, overly saintly person. Do you really want to take on these tasks because you're such a hard worker, or are you doing it because you have a hard time saying no, and you think that others are expecting you to say yes? There's a big difference here, right? And the tricky part is if we have gone so long with being inauthentic, we can be so good. At deceiving ourselves about what we truly want, this is exactly why a lot of people who are in abusive long-term relationships won't even admit it to their closest friends, and they will actually protect their partners and defend their partners when anything is being accused. 
right? For some of us, it's easier to pretend that everything is okay than to see the reality for what it really is. And while this may be part of the process for some people, and at some point, you know, this was also part of my process, I was in denial for a very long time. It also keeps us stuck in the pain because nothing ever really changes, right? So I hope these two tips were helpful for you. And I hope you enjoyed my new extra energy from all this holistic medicine stuff I've been doing. If this was helpful, take a screenshot of this episode and tag me on Instagram at ByGloriaZang, and I will reshare it for you. And thank you for sharing this with your networks. So thanks, besties. I will see you all in the next episode. Bye-bye. If you love this episode, please hit subscribe and give us a five-star review. It really helps me a lot, so thank you. To join the community and get your daily dose of inner child tips, follow me on Instagram and social media at ByGloriaZang or visit ByGloriaZang.com. If you're a high achiever or entrepreneur who wants to work with me, message me the words high achiever and I'll get in touch. Thanks, bestie. See you in the next one.